Woo. I don't know about you. That puts a little pressure on me. I feel like I need I need to come up with an epic message because it's such an epic trailer. It's awesome. But I feel a little pressure every time I hear it. So I'm going to do my best this morning. Really glad to be here today. Glad you're here with us. We my wife and I have been gone the last couple weeks. A couple weekends ago, we were in Chico at a friend's wedding. Um, and then last week, we were dropping our daughter off in Norman, and she's going to the University of Oklahoma, so we're now an empty nest again. So we just hang out and say hi to one another and how you doing and all that kind of stuff. But we, thankfully, we enjoy each other, so it's good. It's really a good thing. Um, we are in sort of in the middle of a message series where we're looking at the schemes that Satan uses to take us down. And we're, we're looking at the pieces of the armor that God's provided to battle that and sort of extrapolating, looking at the methods that, that Satan uses to uh, uh, attack us. If you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, um, this may be an added dimension to life that you don't normally factor in this spiritual dimension. We have a saying that we use, the devil is in the details. And if you think about that, what what it means is we have big ideas, grand intentions, dreams, things that we want to see happen in our lives, but it's in the day-to-day details of carrying those out that the trouble starts. That's where the problems begin, is in that day-to-day details of life. It's in the day-to-day of being married or parenting or getting a degree or building a career or doing ministry to others that the problems strike. And what you find in Scripture, the reason that is, that, that is true saying, the reason it's true is because somebody is messing with us. We, we have an enemy who is trying to take us down. Um, he, he doesn't want us to enjoy the blessing of doing God, life God's way. He doesn't, he, he just, he, in fact, what the enemy wants to do is separate us from the God who loves us. So there are all kinds of strategies that he uses. And so we have been looking at those schemes and attacks. Look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that when you take your stand, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The word for schemes, this was originally written in the Greek, and that word for schemes transliterated is methodia. Has the idea of method. There's methods to what he does. There are schemes, wiles. It can also be translated a well-laid art, cunning. We can identify the schemes because they tend to take the same tact. The enemy comes at us the same way. We can identify those schemes he uses to try to take us down. For our struggle, it goes on in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. There, there's an added dimension. We're not just battling people, but they're it's a spiritual war that we're in, a spiritual battle we're in. That word struggle in the Greek is used for wrestling in the Olympic Games. And so it's a hand-to-hand combat. It's very close in, it's personal, and it's very intense. 
And, you know, what the enemy's trying to do is find an unguarded piece of our, our life so that he can get a foothold, one of the scriptures says, so he can get a foothold. What happens in wrestling when, the, when a guy gets a foothold? Boom, you can take him down. That's what the enemy's trying to do. He's looking for ways to take us down. God has provided the armor. It says in verse 13, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So that's the goal. Stand up. Because a fallen soldier cannot help the cause. So the goal is to stand so you can continue to fight. The day of evil is a day when there are, you know, it's, it's an especially hard day when circumstances are going haywire. The mornings before worship starts many times are hard days, like this morning, for instance. Uh, speaking of the devil being in the details, I was working on this. Usually I have this way of going about getting prepared for doing this, talking to you. And the last thing I do on Sunday morning is I've got the outline, I've got everything I'm going to say, but I don't have it typed in all the time. So this morning I didn't have it typed into this screen where my notes are. So I was typing away, and I decided to look at the the outline, just the outline again anyway. I went to save the file and thought I was saving the outline and said, no, don't save the changes, I was saving my notes. And this was at the end of my preparation. And so I did not save my notes. And Cindy, from you know, she's in the kitchen. I'm in the other room. Here's, oh no, oh no, oh no. And and she's. We've been married 31 years, so she's learned just to let it go for a while. But but at that point, okay, that at that point, I I could have gone. I had the option of just blowing, and losing it. And started screaming and stomping. I'm not beyond that. And it's, it's happened in the past. And, and, but that's, that's, you know, one of many things that were going wrong this morning as I was getting ready to do this. And that's, that's honestly how it is. And what happens in those moments is we have an enemy who wants to supercharge them to help us blow, to help us get distracted. To, to take us down so that we're not able to really do effectively what God has asked us to do in any given situation. In this series, we've been looking at the pieces of the armor that God's provided and the schemes that they are designed to, to counter. First week, we looked at confusion. Uh, you know, many times uh, it's we have a decision, we have something, some problem we're trying to solve, something we're dealing with, and there's a fog. We just, our thoughts are swirling, and we just can't, we can't see what's going on. The belt of truth is something God's provided, a piece of the armor that God's provided to focus our minds, to help us see the truth as the enemy comes against us with confusion. The second week, Alex talked about accusation. The devil's name, the name devil, means accuser. He loves to accuse, put thoughts in your mind. You know, you're not good enough. You, you, you've blown it here. There's, there's no hope. What are you thinking? You just, you know, no, no real Christian would do that or say that. That's, that's one of the schemes. He, he helps us with these thoughts. The truth is, I'm only good enough because Jesus 
has paid the price for my wrong. He's my righteousness. So the piece of the armor is the breastplate of righteousness. And when you start feeling that way and, and thinking those thoughts, you, you wear his armor. You wear his righteousness as a protection to your heart, which is what the enemy is trying to take, get to. Third week, Alex talked about division. We counter this strategy by being prepared to explain God's forgiveness and extend God's forgiveness. Because he's always trying to drive a wedge between you and God and you and the people around you that you should love. He's always trying, you know, doubts and questions, and he's always trying to help us with that. But we fit our feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We put the shoes on that help us move quickly toward peace by extending forgiveness to others and explaining it when we have the opportunity. Today we're going to see how God provides the shield of faith to protect us from damaging thoughts. Ephesians 6, 16. In addition to all this, he's describing pieces of the armor and then he talks about the shield. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. This, this shield that he's talking about, Paul was tied, he was in prison <clears throat> when he wrote several of his letters. He was chained to a Roman soldier for two and a half years. They took shifts. Different guy every, I don't know, eight hours or so. And so he knew the armor. So he, he studied, he obviously knew the different pieces. So he used that to help us. The shield is a four foot by two foot shield that you can actually duck behind and hide your whole body. And it's designed to one of the strategies of war in that day were, you know, flaming arrows. They'd dip them in something that would get combustible. And the, the strategy was to shoot and get the other guy, you know, the enemy, with the arrow. And the shield was designed, you could hide behind it completely and it would deflect the arrows so that they wouldn't get you. They wouldn't take you out and take you down. So he says that we're to take up the shield of faith. The scheme that the shield counters are the flaming arrows. And here's what the flaming arrows are. Thoughts, emotions, or circumstances that are brought against us with the aim that we stop trusting God. Thoughts, emotions, and circumstances that are brought against us with the aim that we stop trusting God. The goal is to convince us to stop following God and give up. Some of the flaming arrows that I deal with at times are, you know, you're not good enough. It's no use. Why do you keep trying? Things are never going to change. God has left you alone on this one. You're out in a desert place without him. He's left you alone. When I was in college, a man I really respected, a very godly man, uh, talked about spiritual dry spells. That, that really helped me because he said sometimes things dry up spiritually. And to that point, I, I had just kind of been serious about walking with God and trying to get into the Bible and learn what he says and do it. And I noticed that I didn't always want to do that. I didn't always want to read the Bible. I didn't always want to show kindness to people. I didn't always want to do right in any situation. And so I would have these valleys and peaks. And 
boy, things would just get dry. Sometimes I'm in the Bible and it's just things are coming together. God's saying a lot to me. Sometimes it's like just dull and dry. And I was getting concerned. But this man said uh, in, in some teaching, he said, I go through dry spells and it's completely normal. There's a normal flow to life. There's an ebb and flow to life and walking with God. There's going to be peaks. There's going to be valleys. In the down times, I need to hang in there and ask God for help. That was a relief because I thought I was the only one. I thought all these other people who are trying to walk with God, man, they're full on all the time. They're pumped. They're ready to go. That's the way I should be. What's wrong with me? And then he says that, and I'm like, oh, boy, that's good because I have some valleys. (laughs) I get low. I was relieved that somebody admitted this in public. And, and I, 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 I was grateful that I wasn't alone. We all go through this. We go through peaks and valleys. But there's a lot of danger in the valleys. But God wants to use them in our lives for good. I mentioned screw tape letters last time I talked a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote these from the perspective of a senior demon writing to a junior demon trying to help him figure out how to gain victory over in the battle with his patient, he calls him. And so Screwtape, the older demon, the senior demon, is writing to Wormwood. And at one point in letter number eight, he says this, It is during such trough periods, much more than during the peak periods, that it, human being, is growing into the sort of creature God wants it to be. Peaks and valleys are normal. There's a normal up and down flow to life. And the fact of the matter is, in the valley, God can do more in your heart and mind than he can do in the peak. It's in the valley that you resist. It's in the valley that you say, God, I'm going to trust you. You put up the shield. Here's what the shield of faith is in a sentence. God, you are good, and I know you won't rip me off. God is good, and he will not rip me off. In the valley, many times, the temptation is to wriggle out from under what God wants and from under his, from out from under his will to find relief ourselves, to find help and, and relief from the pressure or whatever it is we're feeling. But it's It's when we hang in there and say, God, you will not rip me off. You are good, and you will do right by me. You put up the shield. Then God has the opportunity to build character in us that he does not have in the peak times. When we're discouraged, we should use the shield. It's important to learn how to use the shield in the middle of the discouragement as we battle it. We can do more than run for cover. And wait it out. I used to think that uh, thoughts and emotions were something that I needed to accept and sort of take in and let them go. So if I got discouraged, I'd think, oh, I just got to ride this out. I'm just going to have to wait till it blows over, you know, and I'd just kind of hunker down and get on the couch and lay there and maybe channel surf or do whatever and just kind of wait it out. I've learned as I've walked with the Lord that you don't have to accept the wrong thoughts 
and emotions that are pulling you down. You can do something about it. You can battle them. God's given us what we need, and he helps us to, to battle these things. He, he gives us everything we need. First thing we need to do is resist the attack. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The enemy is going to attack our will to get us to stop following God and trusting him. That's, that's his plan. He wants us to curl into a blob on the floor and do nothing. You got knocked down. You're on the floor. That's his goal. God's given us everything we need to stand up. In fact, God is pleased when we step out in faith, even when we're deeply discouraged, even when we're completely discouraged. Back to screw tape for a second. Listen to what he says in that same letter I read earlier, a quote from. Our cause is never more in danger than when a human, no longer desiring, but still intending to do our enemy's will, that's God, they're talking about God, looks round upon a universe from which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. That's when we need to put up the shield. When we're down, God, I can trust you. You are good. You will not rip me off. And then as we resist the urge to believe the wrong thoughts and buy our emotions and own them, God gives us what we need to win the victory. God, show me what is right before you here. I know that you won't rip me off as I take the step to do it. The second way to use the shield when discouraged is to live in the present. It is so easy to be under pressure and to struggle and to want to go back to the good old days or to want to be at a future place that you can imagine is going to be so much better than what I'm dealing with today. The, the, the past or the future can distract us from enjoying what God wants right now in the here and now. Rick Warren says, we tend to crucify today between two thieves, yesterday and tomorrow. We need to focus on the present, not the past. Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. You ever ask those questions? There's a category of questions called such questions. Don't ask them. They're a waste of time. Can't do anything about them. But we're drawn sometimes to get nostalgic and ask this question, why can't I be 14 again? When I, you know, my parents were paying for everything. Now I've got to figure out how to pay for stuff for these guys. You know, why can't, so we get, we get, you know, why can't I go back to the days when I could just love life and forget about all the cares? We, we get pulled that way. But life is like a train that begins and keeps moving until it reaches our final destination. We can't stop it. Listen to this song by John Mayer that speaks to this. No, I'm not colorblind. I know the world is black and white. 
solid advice. Don't stop this train. You're in, you're in the stage you are. There's a continual flow to the stages of life. And sometimes we want to back the train up and get off and stay there. You can't do that. It's the way life is, is made. God intends for you to grow and enjoy the stage you're in. As, as you trust him, he, he will help you find his blessing and purpose right where you are. But we have to put up the shield. Can't get off the train at any given stage. doesn't work that way. Thank God for his goodness. When those nostalgic feelings start to flow or the frustration brings you like, oh, I wish I could go back. Thank God for his goodness in that stage and, and, and put up the shield and say, God, I know right here today in the stage I'm in, you will not rip me off as I set out to follow you. As I do what's right with my responsibilities before you, you will do good to me as I follow you today. So live in the present, not the past. Live in the present, not the future. James 4 says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. 
Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we would do this or that. It's easy to make plans and look ahead to the future and begin to despise today because we have to wait. But God made this day. There's a passage that says, this is the day. Rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that God wants you to enjoy. And he wants you to take the responsibility and trust him with it and do what you can about it. The third way to put up the shield is do what you can right now. Hebrews 6.11 says, We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. It's a reference to... This is a reference to the children of Israel who inherited the promised land of God through faith and patience. Patience in the Bible is uh, continuing to do what you know is right and what you need to do in the face of adversity. Many times we know what our next step is in our walk with God or, or we know what we should do to make our marriage better or how we need to change in order to train our children or what needs to be done in order to communicate the gospel to our friends, or uh, how, how we need to do something differently at work, or how we can contribute to making things move forward there. But we don't do it. And we get discouraged. We don't take the steps that we know we need to take, and we get discouraged. We get down. The attack comes in the middle of that discouragement. We get down on ourselves when we aren't doing what we know we need to do. Because we lose self-respect. We don't respect ourselves when we know what to do and we don't do it. The enemy is trying to twist us up inside and to get us sideways in our thoughts so that we don't take the step that's going to accomplish what God wants in a given arena. He's trying to block that. So put up the shield. God, I know as I take this step to do what's right before you, you will not rip me off. You're going to do good by me. The fourth thing to do that really helps reinforce the shield is to read the Bible, to be encouraged. Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragements of of the Scriptures we might have hope. There is a tremendous amount of hope in in getting into Scripture and hearing God speak to you. If you get into the Bible, He speaks. It's alive. He says stuff. And it's really encouraging to get into it and to hear Him speak. There's nothing like that. We're going to have a quiet time class a couple times this fall. And it's designed to help you learn how to get into the Bible for yourself and hear God speak to you. Because that is so important. That one meeting that you can have on a regular basis with God, he makes himself available to you. It is so important to hear what he says to you. Because there's this fortifying that comes, like having your Wheaties in the morning. You know, they claim to fortify you. Well, this really does. It fortifies you. It strengthens you and and gives you help and encouragement uh, that you don't get anywhere else. You get encouraged to do right and trust God and to use that shield. This week I was, I was doing that. I was reading the Bible for my own just to hear what God would say to me. And I read the story of David. David was 
uh, the second king of Israel. The first king was Saul. And uh, long story short, Saul, the, there was a battle. You have heard, uh, may have heard of David and Goliath. I'm, I'm sure most of us have. David and Goliath, David was a hero in that battle because he fought the giant Goliath, won the battle with Goliath, and so Israel wins the victory. Well, anyway, long story short, Saul gets jealous. And because, well, because the women are singing songs, you know. Saul has slain his hundreds, David his thousands. You know, when you're the king, you're a little concerned because people are singing these songs about you. You know, they're really pumped. This guy's good. Well, God had anointed David to be the next king. He had told David he's going to be the next king. But in the between time, while Saul was still king, Saul gets jealous and threatened by David, starts chasing him. David's living in caves. He's being chased by Saul's guys. He's got some men that have gathered around him. And uh, they're sort of a band of people who are living from cave to cave, hiding and trying to stay away from Saul and his guys. Well, there's one instance at the end of this run where Saul's been chasing him. Different, different things have been going on. And Saul's camp is his guys are sleeping. And David and his guys are up kind of behind the hill. And David takes one of his men and goes down to the camp while they're sleeping. And his, his guy that's with him says, this is your chance. His, Saul's spear is like right by his head. Saul's sleeping. His spear is by his head. And the guy says, this is your chance. Take the spear, run it through his temple. He's done. You're the king. And David says, I will not lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. I won't do that. So what he does is he grabs the spear and he takes the water and he goes back to his guys over on the other side of the hill. And then when morning comes, David stands up on the hill. I think this is great. David gets up on the hill and he starts yelling stuff. To Abner, who's the head of Saul's army, hey, you couldn't protect your king. Look, I've got his spear. I could have, I could have taken him out right there. What were you doing? You were asleep. You wimp. You know what are you thinking? And and so Saul, there's a there's a few more exchanges. Look at what Saul says. And well, I don't know if I put this on the screen. Listen to what Saul says. I have sinned. Come back, David, my son. Because you considered my life precious today, I will not try to harm you again. Surely I have acted like a fool and have erred greatly. Now that's, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? This guy's been chasing. David's like, hey, that sounds pretty good. But here's David's response. Here's the king's spear, David answered. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. As surely as I valued your life today, so may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all trouble. That's the shield. In that instance, David put up the shield. Sure, Saul, I appreciate your words. Can't trust them because you keep chasing me down. But God is going to do right by me. I can trust him. He's good. I, I can follow him, and I will do that. We're going to be taking our offering in a few minutes. We've been talking about how to use the shield, how to put it up, how to deal with these 
emotions and thoughts that come along. Um, there may be some steps that you want to take as a result of hearing this message this morning. I've suggested some at the bottom of your listening guide. They're also on your connection card, um, and and you can so you can just check some and put it in the offering as a way of just saying, here, God, this I'm going to take this step. But the first step is to memorize James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. A second step would be to identify a thought or an emotion that you must counter with the shield of faith and do it. Maybe you're struggling with something. You're, you're, in, you're in a battle with an emotion, or you're, there's a thought. There's some thoughts or doubts, things that are in your mind, and... Um, you, you want to write that, write that down. Write down what it is and just put up the shield. God, even in this, I know you will not rip me off. I can trust you. You are good. And then encourage someone today. That, that's what God wants to do. We get discouraged. It really helps when someone else sets out to encourage and be encouraging. And then finally, sign up for a growth group. The way those Roman shields were designed, you could lock them together. And they said that when... A bunch of Roman soldiers locked their shields together and started coming at you. It was almost impossible to stop. That's, that's the value of being in a group. A growth group is a way to connect with other people, to get some encouragement, to find some perspective on a topic that interests you, and, and to get around other people that can really help you with, with what you're dealing with. So I'd encourage you to consider that and sign up for a group. You sign up for a group. And then you go to the first meeting and find out whether or not you want to join. So you're, you're not locked in when you sign up, but you can investigate at that point. Would you pray with me as we close out the message? Father, we honor you. We thank you for the victory that you give and the strength and the help that you give in the battle. Thank you that we aren't left alone, that you're really there, whether, whether we feel like it or not. You're right there with us. And as we turn to you, you give the help we need to win. So, Father, help us to see what's going on and to identify the struggles and the schemes and the things that are happening to us that we can reject in the power that you provide. We ask for your help in this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.